Man counts down his top 25 plastic patio chairs of all time. His top 25 yep. plastic patio chairs? Yes, you heard me. I actually am very intrigued and would love to see what <laughs> top five are. I'm not. Say <laughs> more. I mean, you don't well, have a you don't have a patio that you'd want to know which chairs rank the best. No, nah, it's all personal preference. Okay, this is all podcast stuff. All right, and the three, two, one. It was introing. I got it. Brent. Well, this is all in. Christ. Welcome, everybody, to If I May, a podcast with me, Brent, an average guy, along with three of my average friends, Kyle, Nick, and Dylan. We are going to talk about stuff while interrupting as politely as possible. This is episode 43. Let's go. Guess what? (laughs) Guess what I saw? The in-breath there. (laughs) (laughs) He was quite literally... Dylan, start over. Start over. Dylan, start over. (laughs) I'm not gonna all right. do this properly. Guess what I saw on the highway the other day driving down to Alabama. Dylan, Dylan what did what Dylan did you see? Oh lord! All right, <laughs> That's for this, right? I, I enjoy it. All right, so, so I'm driving down to Alabama. And new segment. I, all right, pause. I, if I may, new segment. <gasps> Guess what Dylan saw? This is a new segment now, starting weekly. All right, as I was. <laughs> Driving down the highway to Alabama, I saw this guy. He was pulling a truck, but it was a funky-looking truck with drawers on the side. And I was like, what in the world could that be? And I drove up closer, kind of behind it, and he he was a... There was a big sticker on the back of his trailer that said, uh, Racing Pigeon Club. Is that ringing any bells? Racing Pigeon Club? Did we just talk about that? You guys did just talk about that, and you guys Chinese pigeon guy. Chinese pigeon sold for like a million something dollars, and I was, (laughs) and you guys were talking about how ridiculous it was, like that even the concept of having racing pigeons, and you guys were talking about betting on, like how it's really popular in Asian culture to bet on racing pigeons, and then I'm driving down Alabama, and there's a dude pulling a trailer full of racing pigeons, and I was just like, it's in like who would have thought? How many pigeons are we talking about here? (laughs) Like, he probably had at least 12 different trays. Like, all right, you have to picture like it. It's just like a trailer. Kind of, like, but it had, like, doors you open up in the sides for, like, different like different compartments for the pigeons to, like, be, I don't know, in, I guess. But, like, I, I was just like, no way in Alabama. Across a dude with racing pigeons. I don't know. So, thought. so my question with with uh pigeons is if you're trying to race them you obviously want to all end at the same spot like a finish line but pigeons are going to go back to their home so do you make it so wherever the end of the race is is that pigeon's home is there just like how does a pigeon race work is it yeah are only pigeons born in the same area allowed to race in that race yeah how does that work or can they like climatize the pigeon to an area like have hold them there for like a, a couple month months or... going leading up to the race and then quick transport him and let him go. And then he's like rehomed into where he needs to be. It could be. Yeah. I don't know. I, I should do more research on this. Cause I, I was like, well, your pigeon is going to fly home. Then it's obviously not going to do very well. If you have to get across the finish line first, I feel like that's kind of productive. I don't know. 
I, I think there's obviously some way to you have to train them, and I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out, like, just kind of wrap my idea about how you even race one pigeon against the other. Like, do you have do you set it up like, uh, you have some food somewhere, and it's the first pigeon to get to that food, <clears throat> or like I don't I don't know. I also want to know like, do they like how close are these races? Are these pigeon like is this something you legitimately spectate sport where it's like they're coming in and like you can see them both like on the home stretch pushing it. And you're like, "Oh god, go, 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 go." Or is it like one flies in and then like 2 minutes later the next one comes in? Cuz if that's the case, eh, I'm not into it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Speaking of like amazing animals. So, is this a nature start- news? No, it's not. It's just oh. a, a random life I, thing. Um, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, Heather and I have started this thing where we started watching documentaries on Friday nights because we're obviously the coolest cats around. Brent, like, did you just Friday say night. that you weren't a documentary person or was that Nick? Uh, I might be Nick. I don't know. I, I, It's growing on me. So we watched two weeks, two weeks ago, we watched that Resolo. Which was yep, great. It's a good one. And then we watched Pick of the Litter, which is a documentary about guide dogs. And Interesting. It's really it was crazy just the amount of hardcore training they do, like to partly train the dogs so they step back. Like if you're walking with a blind person, um, as a dog, you don't want them to run into a car or get run over by a car because that probably doesn't help you very much. So they would actually part of their training was they would drive these cars at the dog, and a bit like train them to back away from any time there's a car or to stop and like pull back a little bit. And I don't know, inspired me as I've been walking Maple the last couple of days. I've been trying to like drive your car. No, I've been trying to like (laughs) close my eyes and, and walk blindfold and have, see if she would pull and terrifying. Have a completely untrained dog. And there's maybe, maybe, maybe my dog is cut out to be a blindfold dog. I don't know. Like, no, with like, no uh, training, you're just giving this dog your life and hopes its hands. and dreams, <laughs> and it's just like looking at you with you holding on his collar as a as a car hits you, and you're gonna be like, "What? What Next could have gone wrong?" Maple's gonna be driving the car. <laughs> <as he's> saying, <laughs> Who needs a Tesla? <laughs> Who needs a Tesla? Take it into dog? your paws. Take it in. Yeah. Okay. No, but it's actually it's crazy the amount of training they go through and. One of the things that, that stood, out, stood out to me was before they can get into their puppy school, which only like two in eight dogs, it's a very low percentage of dogs that very actually elite. graduate. It's very elite. But as they go through the group that trains the guide dogs, they'll have them foster for a while, like the first 10 months or whatever it might be with families who have to go through and train very basic behaviors and socialize them and make sure that they make the cut. And sometimes if the dog is exhibiting behaviors that aren't super, you know, maybe they get distracted a little easily, they'll just halfway in between like two months then after this family's built up a big attachment to the dog, be like, okay, we're sending this dog to somebody else. And that's it. It's got to go somewhere else so it can get trained better. And it's just the impersonalness that it has to be for this program in order to successfully get these dogs to the level they have to be was, you know, because I've, I've heard of fostering dogs for, you know, like a humane society. Well, that sounds really nice. I mean, you have to give them up at some point, but like you get a chance to build a bond with a puppy or whatever, and you don't have the responsibility of caring, taking care of that dog the whole life. But 
being that for your guide dog would be so tough. And then they'll tell you how your dog did and be like, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, you actually kind of sucked at training them. Well, they'd have a list of like, they'd show the stats for everyone, like, had four guide dogs. All Only of them one of them panned retired. out. Yeah, or even if that. Three dog guides or three guide dogs, no one panned out. And it was just one of those things where I was like, oh my gosh, like, that's gotta be really Cut hard. Through. And eventually they're like, what's the level of, oh yeah, none of your guide dogs, like, puppies panned out? Like, you're, you're uh, done volunteering for us. <laughs> maybe you can volunteer at the Humane Society for other kind of dogs. <laughs> Doesn't work for us. It's, I just thought of that. So, like, in the U.S., I think, actually, Juliana brought this up because Ju- my wife, Juliana, was adopted from Kazakhstan. And um, adoption in the U.S., there's really no, orf- from what I've heard from her anyway, there's really no orphanages anymore in the United States. It's pretty much, like, all foster parents. I know one of my buddies, Parker, who I think, he was he might be on the podcast at some point, but uh, he was saying that, like, his parents do the fostering and I was just like, how, that would be so hard to, number one, you have to set all the ground rules, but then like, I'm sure you get attached to some of these kids, like, especially if they're like super young, like if you have an infinite infant and you're the only one they've ever really known and you're a foster parent and eventually you're like, oh, sorry, you got to move on to the next foster parent. Like, that'd be rough. Well, for me, uh, at being a foster parent, when you get kind of get in the mindset of the like you're temporarily taking care of this kid and doing what you can to take care of this kid, but you have it in your in your mind that this child is not going to be around in your life for forever. Or it, I mean, it could be, but I mean, you could adopt your you could adopt the child yourself. It's but nice being Dylan. a fo- nice Dylan calling it it. Well, I mean, okay, he or <laughs> and or she. Excuse me. What about they and Z? Uh, all right, all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like yeah, they yeah. have this mindset as a as if need to have a gender in the first place. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Gosh, we just got Kyle over it. Leave it to Nick. Leave it to Nick. You'd be expected. Continue, Dylan. But you know, I, I mean, that was basically the whole idea. Was like I I, I assume that the parent gender? has this idea. You assume the gender. What? I said a parent. Okay, I get it. I see what you're doing. <laughs> you get it. Moving on. So, yeah, Border- all right, Borderlands Three is on its way out. Um, I know I really only for- ever played a little bit of Borderlands Two, and not much of it at that. And now that Borderlands Three is coming out, apparently, uh, Borderlands Two is a little bit more of a big deal to Nick and Brent. And so I was like, yeah, I'm totally in for playing some Borderlands Two. But Borderlands Three is apparently only coming out, at least initially on the Epic store or whatever, like the same place that has Fortnite. And that does not make me happy at all. Why? Because why do I need Epic? I have Steam. Like, why can't it just be on Steam like every other game? Like, I understand Steam now is like kind of a monopoly, but I I want it on Steam. If I may, does it cost you anything to subscribe to Epic? No, but it's another thing I have to have installed on my computer and another thing I have to make sure is updated. It's another thing running in the background. I apologize for, for derailing your conversation point. I that's hate right. when that happens to me, and I was just throwing the random gender nonsense in there because that's what the internet is Somebody made about. a big speech about this let yesterday, or you last time. You know what? <laughs> you just like, derailed Kyle's epic conversation. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, okay, so here's my thought on it. I Honestly, there's too many launchers to begin with, but I understand Epic's 
perspective from this. There are companies oh, it's and great for Epic. onto their store. And if you're gonna get exclusives like this, it's the same as if a game was to come out like Zelda. No, so Zelda if comes mean, out on the yeah, Switch. It's fantastic for Epic, wants- but not fantastic for the user, the end player. Well, if I may, I was wondering I was thinking, is there not is there an app out there where you could basically put all of your launchers under one one app and you could act, get access to all the different launchers. For example, so you're complaining about having one. I'm looking at my desktop right now and I have Origin, Epic, Steam, Battle.net, and Uplay. Yeah, it's terrible. Like all of them all of them are different launchers. Could there not be one app that you could access all of the content in each launcher so that way you only have to deal with one? Is that um, like, I think is that too difficult? I think Nvidia might actually have that by default. But you still have to have all the launchers installed, and then like whenever you launch that particular game, it launches it, whatever launcher it needs. But okay, it's, which defeats the purpose of having the app. Yeah, I can. Gotcha. I can't see unless it's through like a pirated way. Like I can't see game companies liking that because they get money for you being on their store and having their app and selling you whatever it might be. I. So I feel the, like the Borderlands a, Three a, on Epic is fantastic for Epic. I don't see how it benefits the makers of Borderlands 3 because then they're they limiting themselves to one market versus all the markets. They probably got Here's money. The thing, if I may, it, it all comes down to money. Right now, Steam is generally the favored platform for gamers. It is very right. user-friendly uh, for for their end of things. Uh, Epic, I don't necessarily agree. I've listened to a lot of videos because I'm excited about Borderlands 3, but Epic has a very different uh, some would argue innovative business strategy that basically says we are going to throw a ton of money at developers. It's made for developers. And then we are going to basically monopolize the most profitable portion of, of a new game or, or, or for lack of a better term. It's like the, the release for a big game, especially something like Borderlands 3 is going to be a, a very big event. And Gamers are notorious for, you know, wanting to get something the opening day and pre-orders are so huge. And I've already pre-ordered through Epic because they have this exclusive agreement. But Epic is making a, a, a bold play into the business side of things. And gamers are frankly butthurt about not being able to use their platform of choice. And instead of being angry at Epic, they should be angry at Steam or, or their competitors yeah, no, who I, are not stepping up. I'm not and and making the the kinds of business decisions to ensure that they are not left behind. And, so, and even though Steam has an arguably better product, Epic is making these plays and gamers are not happy. And they're taking it out on Epic, they're taking it out on Steam, they're they're voicing their their dissatisfaction. And I, I don't know if there is a solution like that. It'd be a business opportunity, but from a licensing standpoint, which is what it all comes down to, uh, it would be hard to bring all those things together. I'd be very impressed if you could find something that worked nicely and was compliant with the law. So if I may, I think this is because uh, Epic is probably going to lose money on Borderlands 3. Like, they're probably paying Borderlands 3 developers so much money to get that exclusive. Otherwise, it just doesn't make sense for Borderlands 3 to do that. That Unless they're getting a ton of money, more money than they expect to be able to sell on all the platforms, there's no way they would make themselves exclusive to Epic without a ton of money up front. So I think the, the Epic will likely sell this at a loss to get people onto their service. I that would way disagree. They can, that, way, that way they can do this for future games without having to pay this amount. I don't think they'll have to. I think this game's going to have so much hype and it's going to be so good. I think they'll Absolutely. still easily make money. 
That's yeah, why they're doing it. I, I guess I don't know what their agreement is, but if they're giving the okay, Borderlands 3, there's no way opening day it gets more sales if it's on Epic than if it is on all platforms. There's just no way it, it would make as much money. So I well, think, think of- Epic's paying Borderlands 3 to have that exclusive ability. So they have to be giving them a ton, likely at a loss, in order to uh, force you know think force everybody it, to I die through them. It's a future move. If you get everybody on your the, service, no, no. now when you sell stuff in the future, I don't think so. It is still going to buy it from Epic. If Epic's willing to pay anything and the other people are not willing to pay, it's not on the people who are taking the money to then be like, oh, well, um, you know, they offered us a ton of money. No, they offered us something, which is better than nothing. No, it's what definitely to the higher bidder because like B- Call of Duty is another great example. Call of Duty used to be Xbox exclusive, like everything first in Xbox. And then Xbox ended that contract and uh, Infinity Ward, Treyarch, and Sledgehammer decided to switch over to PlayStation. PlayStation ended up offering them more money or something or they have a bigger player base and Call of Duty decided to switch over to them being the exclusive. Everyone but- who really wanted to play Call of Duty still played it on Xbox. Until it switched over to PlayStation. Then if you look at all the top streamers, they all switched over to PlayStation. But despite any noise and grumblings from gamers, 90 plus percent of your base is still going to play on whatever platform you sell to. You could change it three times. If if the game's that good, follow it. If I may, if I may too, it's a computer. It's not what? like we're going from... Well, no, no, it's on PC. So no matter what, like, oh, I just have to download the Epic thing? Like, whatever. If I really want to play it, I'll just download it. It's free store anyway. I'm still going to play the same game. You forget, too, a lot of people already have the Epic store because of that game they came out with last year, Fortnite, which I know you're not a big fan of, and we talked about it on this show, but, like, it has a huge player base. And from that alone, there's probably thousands to millions of people that have the Epic store on the computers already. So just transition to Borderlands, I mean, that's not, it's a smart move by Epic. And I think what's going to actually benefit gamers in the long run is it's going to force the Steams, it's going to force the Uplay, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, who cares what you play? But it's going to force these Uplay other companies. Is. How dare you? Uh, it's, that's even worse than <laughs> I thought that. it's just Which Origin now, not even Uplay anymore. It's just Origin. Just, oh, it's even worse. To step up their games, hopefully. Which this competition could benefit. I, I think there's a lot of industries that suffer from lack of competition. So getting a little bit more competition in these different storefronts could be a good thing in the long run. Rainbow Six Siege is still specifically you play. No, it's not. It's on Steam. Rainbow Six Siege is on Steam? Yep. Yeah, it is because it just went on sale. I had, I had it watched. I didn't buy it like I was going to initially, but it's on my watch list and it just went on sale. You're right. I'm wrong. <laughs> it was a good try. Uh, but I guess what do we think about Borderlands Three in general? We'll, we'll we'll skip the whole what platform, what stupid platform it's releasing on. What do we think? I mean, about the after, game so far, if I may, after playing Borderlands Two, like I was never really a Borderlands fan, and I always thought that I really wasn't into the whole cartoony thing. And when it comes to like battle rails, I'm still not. But when it's like a open kind of it's relatively open world um yeah it's MMO. sections i yeah. i enjoy it like i i actually really enjoy it and i'm looking forward to playing it some more and i'm i'm really looking forward to borderlands 3 because it looks like they've really expanded upon what they've built in borderlands 2 
they're adding more characters they're adding more weapons it looks like they're adding obviously they're adding more evil villains to defeat it's gonna be a lot it's gonna be very interesting if I may, the one other thing on the uh, platform that will I'll note real quick before I give my notes on the game. Uh, one of the things they commented on, and I'm actually really hopeful for because I have friends who play on multiple um, gaming. What, what am I trying to say? Systems like Xbox. Yeah, multiple systems. Uh, I have multiple friends on multiple systems, especially who would play uh, Borderlands and um, Epic has Fortnite and has other games which you can play cross-platform. PC Master so Race. I am hoping that, yeah, regardless of where you stand, I'm really hopeful that a, uh, I will be able to play with all of my friends without having to buy the game twice. Right, Rocket League's done it right most, at this point. Yeah, that would be the most and irritating art. thing in the world for me if I had to buy it on the computer so I could play with you guys and buy it on the Xbox so I could play with my other friends. Probably do it because... Um, you guys are really looking forward to the game as much as I am, but you don't binge as much as I do. My other buddies binge a lot harder, and uh, I would be able to play with them. Who's this but, we? I think the there's only one or two limiters on this squad of playing Borderlands every night. No. Ouch. But, um, <laughs> you know, when you're married... The game, uh, it's, it's something I've played with a number of my friends, my former roommates and I, uh, before Kyle um played <laughs> he introduced me to borderlands 2 and we played that a ton and it is an absolute blast i i they they do it right you know we played destiny and we played a few other games and uh borderlands is is one that is you know it's not a battle royale it's not just a giant mess it's it's something really really cool in my mind and they do a very good job of it uh if i may kyle are you excited about the new pokemon games coming out on the nintendo switch are you excited as as excited as i am so I, I honestly, I have not seen too much about them. All I really want to know is when the release date is and that way I can pre-order it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is I've been playing. Are um, they like sword I've and been, shield or something like that? Yes. The, yeah. So they're brand new Pokemon games. Uh, I have been playing Pokemon on my Nintendo, Nintendo switch and I find that it's kind of disappointing. Like obviously like the graphics are much better and they're in 3d but it's the remake of the old original games. Right, I, it's fantastic, it's awesome like, and fun, but I've done it already multiple right, times. exactly. So, like, it looks amazing, but I know where all the hidden stuff is and all the bushes, and, like, I know where everything's at, and it's just kind of disappointing. I mean, they added a new, so. a couple of new things here and there to, like, spice it up, and they changed the whole system as far as catching Pokemon versus having to battle them first, which... That's true, and I enjoy it. And at first, I was very against it, and then, yeah, it kind of it grew on me for sure. Yeah, Especially but shiny I'm looking hunting. forward to a new experience with Pokemon in the old style of game on the N Nintendo Switch. I'm like, I'm really looking forward to it, and I hope it's not like super expensive. It, it's kind of bothers. It kind of bothers me that all the games on the Nintendo Switch are released at full price, even though you can buy them on other systems for discounted prices now yeah. on the Nintendo Switch because the Nintendo Switch is relatively new you have to pay still have to pay full price for the games if i may so that that's partially because the cartridge that the games are on for the nintendo switch is actually more expensive than a disc but it also holds a lot more storage so you don't actually have to download all the junk onto your console itself so that is one yeah. of the reasons why it stays at full price longer uh, especially if they just like remade an old game for the switch it's going to be at a higher well, price cuz they just like had to remake it for the switch to counter that argument for my Nintendo Switch, I was able to buy a 164 gig 
uh, hard drive for it and or whatever. It's it like micro a, a SD. SD. Yeah, micro SD card. And I don't. I knew right away that I didn't really want to deal with bringing around cartridges with me because I like even remembering from when we used to play on like the old Game Boy systems. Dude, I Game hated. Boy, I hated pa- if all I may, can we pause for one second and all just show some mad respect for our Game Boy Colors and Game Boy Advance? Sure. Was that it? Yep, that's our moment of silence. Oh, okay. As, okay. as a thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was. It's a great system. I, it so lasts a long time. And they still last well. I, the card I still have my SP. Game, but, uh, Everyone still has their game. I still have a Game Boy Color like for, that I used to play. Dude, my um, red, yellow, and blue cartridges still save, but my gold and silver, neither of them save. Interesting. It but, has to be uh, how they made those cartridges. Right? You can swap out the battery, but it's just a pain in the butt. But where I was going was that I uh, I don't I remember I hated having to carry around all the cartridges, so I knew that I want a larger memory for my Switch. So I literally do not own any games digitally downloaded. Now the other counter argument to that is that once you have all those games, you can't resell them. And which is so actually kind of what you ran into with your Xbox. Exactly, but I still yeah I ran into the same problem, and what I did with the Xbox is basically I sold it to a friend and I allowed him to use my previous account, knowing that I probably won't get an Xbox again. Now that I am enjoying PC. Um, I just basically gave him my accounts and he was able to change the gamer tag um, and the email address and zero zero seven will no longer be there. No longer exists. Um, but he still had access to all my games, so like, I, so I know that someone is enjoying all the money that I spent. Like, because if you That's add good. up all yeah, the right? money, it's so much money. I had like sixty large, like name, name brand games, which well, like I mean, all the three sixty stuff it, carried over too. Yeah, I probably had over a thousand dollars worth of games just like saved on there, and since it was all digitally downloaded, it's wasted, just floats away into nothing. So I'm kind of dealing with that with this with a Nintendo Switch as well. But it, I think it kind of balances out the fact that I don't want to be changing games all the time. Well, like, if I want to switch games, like I can just go to the main menu and swap games. The like, convenience is definitely huge. And I will say with yeah. Nintendo, you're with Nintendo in general, you're much more likely to have a game that has some super high replayability compared to other systems. Like the Nintendo exclusives yeah. just do it right every single time. Well, and I think that's partially why they're so expensive and they stay at 60 bucks forever is because they're like exclusive to Nintendo and they know that they're amazing games. So, right. Which is why I only have Nintendo, like Nintendo exclusive games out Nintendo exclusive games on there. So <laughs> like okay I there? have, yeah, I'm like choking as I'm trying to talk, <laughs> but, uh, so like I've got Zelda and these new Pokemon games and I'll, and I'll definitely buy these new ones. Well, like I like I could buy Rocket League for my Switch, but I don't see the point when I could just play it on a different console. The main reason, the reason is the airplane. Is what? Is an airplane or a car drive. Well, yeah, that's the whole reason why I bought the Nintendo Switch is because being in the military, I travel so much and I want to be able to game uh, while I travel. Right. I'm surprised not every they, you guys should almost be issued a Switch. Right? <laughs> it's literally the perfect console for somebody in the military. Exactly. So that's why I bought it. And that's also why I don't want to drag into cartridges is because this way I can just have the case, the Nintendo switch and the charger. And I don't need anything else um, because everything that I need will be in there. And I don't have like the case doesn't have room for cartridges. You can obviously buy like bigger, like a big 
carrying thing for it if you want to bring all that stuff around but i don't want to have some big bulky item when i'm trying to carry with minimum gear so i want to travel without cartridges without all the extra stuff i don't need the docking station like all that stuff i don't need i'm totally happy with just the screen the two controllers that clip onto the screen and that goes in the case and i don't need anything else yeah, dude, I, I primarily play my Switch handheld. Like, I rarely dock the thing. And that's partially because exactly. the big TV we have has some high latency. So, you know, that's no good for gaming. I've never even tried it. I've never even tried docking. I have it oh, sitting really? in the docking station right now. But, yeah, I've never even tried it. Breath of the Wild does look super awesome docked. Like, that. that's one where it's worth it just for how good the game looks. Is Zelda? Yeah, Zelda. Yeah, that game uh, is amazing, and I'm looking forward to getting more into it. So, so Kyle, up, you, you mentioned how your TV looks and how sometimes you dock with the Switch. It <laughs> this is going to be one of good. Brent's classics. Right. You had great latency. And I remember, I don't, do you guys remember this? Like, way back in the day, like when we were growing up, and then you still had to, if you wanted to watch a movie, you had to put the old VHS tape in. And in order to get the VHS tape to go in, you had to go to like channel one or two. Every once in a while, there's like, always channel, channel three. What are you talking about? Or it was it's a three, yeah, three. Sorry. three. I think it was b- before my time. It was one or two. I, but yeah, channel three, right? So you had to get on channel three. But there's sometimes you get those channels that looked like it was all white and fuzzy, and it made static? some weird really, really noises. Yeah, the static, like snow. <laughs> Where are you going Nick, with this, Nick? Dude, what is up with this? We're gonna go <laughs> visit you in Minneapolis, and there's gonna be snow. Like, come on, man. <laughs> what? That segued. <laughs> So, oh, yeah, I wasn't expecting. <laughs> yeah, I saw it coming, actually. If you believe it or not, I, I don't it believe it. <laughs> I want to. I would have gone to Kyle if I would have known there was snow. Oh, I used to be scared of that. The static of the TVs. Segway from Brent. <laughs> you never know when it's going to come, and you Brent and you I may or may not be able to figure it out. Brent, Brent and I in one of the. Uh, uh, classes that we had together whenever the TV had the static we'd be like oh we love this battle it's the battle of the black and the white <laughs> white's winning white's winning oh rain. black's winning classic Dude, love story the battle of the black and the white <laughs> Dean, only static on Wait, static what? it's actually a great segue uh, Mr. Mr. Brent into uh, see that save there I almost said your last name that would have been bad uh, yeah. That's a great segue into the fact that this Sunday, episode one of the final season is airing. What about this? Oh, I guess John Snow. Oh, I see what you did there, Nick. I might be giving you too much credit there, but the snow, John Snow, or should we say, I can't say it, spoiler. What time is it on Sunday? Nick? On Sunday, it is always at 8 o'clock, I think. I have to double check. I actually have to order it on HBO because um, I HBO after Game of Thrones is done. So yep. every time uh, when Game of Thrones comes back on, I need to then call my area and be like, Good hey, thing it's only six months, six on. episodes this time. Wait, only Each six? Those two hours. Yeah, but if one a week, that's two months. You only have to pay for two months of HBO, where normally you have to pay for three or four. So how much is HBO? I'm thinking about getting it for... 15 bucks Here's the thing, and the conversation I want to have with the the rep for my cable provider is this. Hello, Mr. or Mrs. or Ms. rep. Uh, See how gender (laughs) neutral that was? And beautiful. uh, Whatever. We learned our lesson. Uh, 
rep person. Uh, hello, hello, rep individual. Uh, can you please tell me why I should have my fifteen dollars a month go towards you rather than paying for HBO Go? Simply ask. You know, I can stream it from HBO directly live, or I can give you the money and have it on my TV instead. Uh, tell me why I shouldn't just stream it. Why would I? Why would I go use you? And I'm hoping that they'll just add it on, no big deal. And if they won't, then I will use HBO Go. And yeah, it's about 15 bucks uh, a month, something like that. And uh, yeah, you're able to stream the the premiere. It is fantastic. Uh, also with HBO Go, uh, you are able to rewatch the historical seasons, any and all HBO content. It's all available on demand. Yeah, HBO's got some good stuff. Terminology is. They have a lot of great shows. Uh, I'm a huge fan. Uh, anytime a new movie that's good is finally released to uh, DVD or whatever, um, they will have it essentially if it's a if it's a good movie. Is did HBO do Top Shot? God, I'm not familiar. Oh, uh, it's it's basically a reality TV show like Survivor or Big House or whatever. Except in order to for elimination, it's all about shooting, and it can go from shooting any kind of gun as well as like hatchets, you know, marksmanship in general. As a fan, I think it's an HBO exclusive, or at least it was released through HBO. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but Chop Shot is like my favorite reality show because they're shooting guns and whatnot. I haven't had HBO since the last season finished. Uh, I quite literally just called them the day after the airing of the last show and said, "Hey, I no longer like HBO. Cancel my subscription." <laughs> I'm out. I wonder if what I the may. statistic is how many people quit, like drop their HBO so many as soon as Game of Thrones. So, so many, almost everyone did. If I may, though, shouldn't we be out- shouldn't we be outraged that Game of Thrones, the new season, is only going to be offered through um, this one launcher, HBO? Why isn't there more options for it? You know, because they're doing Seems it right. Fair. No, I'm just kidding, dude. I I had to circle well, back. I would to I would put HBO in the same category. It sort of Blizz- works. It sort of works. If I may, I put HBO in the same category as Blizzard, where yes, they're their own server, but they kind of only host their own stuff. It's like. Uh, like Blizzard kind of only does Blizzard games. There's a couple exceptions here and there, and I'm sure there's the same for HBO. But really, if you want HBO, you're only seeing HBO stuff. They don't like host other people's content like Stars does. Like Stars will have their own stuff plus a bunch of other people's stuff. I'm not sure. I've been subscribed for to HBO Now. I think it is. It's Either yeah, the same thing Go or HBO Now. But it's it's the exact same basically. HBO for your phone. I I don't really know what the difference is. The app that is for customers of uh, your local cable provider. HBO Go is, I think, if you wanted to um, just buy it straight from HBO. You know what I bet it is? It's like an Under Armour store. You can go to a Shields or a mall store of any variety and get Under Armour sweatshirts. Or you can go to an Under Armour where they just have – they sell their own products. In their own stores. Well, I'll say, if I may, I think my guess is that HBO is like probably internally in the company split between cable network stuff and internet stuff. And so I like, I bet you're their silo. I bet you they're siloed in those two categories and they just don't, you know, two separate kind of business entities as far as like cable version of HBO and then the internet version. That'd be my guess. That's, that's it. Yeah. It comes down to the money and, and the business. You're probably right. I don't know. I I'm kind of interested. Um, I would. I think it'd be kind of interesting to get both HBO Now and HBO Go and see the difference between the two apps. 
but I've had um, so I had HBO now. So I have I have internet. I don't have cable. I don't have TV. I don't watch any TV or anything. Like that. I just have internet, and then I have HBO now. I don't have Netflix even. You have Plex. Um, yeah, I have Plex. <laughs> um, but to be honest, I've never used it. Oh. Um. Yeah. Ooh. Sorry. <laughs> but uh. But yeah, I just um. There's plenty of one. I just enjoy YouTube. Um, that much and there's so many documentaries and podcasts and interesting things to watch on YouTube that I just I can fill my time with things other than watching reality TV shows you know what I'm saying right, that, that brings up an interesting question um, with like audiobooks and I know we talked mm-hmm. about this a little bit if you listen to an audiobook is that reading a book mm-hmm. um, so I had a thought about this um, and I think the importance that obviously it's important as a child growing up to read because you need to be aware of different words and it's important. I know that there was some, some statistic um, where it was like you had to hear a certain number of words per, per day in order to retain them or you hear a word every so often. Yeah. And it it was like directly related to your was like how many words you heard growing up. So like if, you were around people that spoke at a higher level growing up, you were, you're bound to be more intelligent or something like that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that, that statistic. Went. That's why I got but, my education. Well, we, we uh, sorry, sure. continue. <laughs> but I, I was like trying to think of how that would correlate with an audio book. Like obviously you hear and that obviously kind of, kind of makes you understand words better, but like, um, to vi- like physically see words, I think that affects you differently than hearing them. And obviously, you get the same story out of it. You get you you think about the story the same whether you're hearing it or reading it. But just I think there's just a difference between hearing it and reading it. And I'm I, not sure. I think how it's like one of those things that brain. adults are allowed to do, but kids aren't. Like uh, kids, if you're reading doing an audiobook, you're not really reading because you're a kid and you need to learn how to read. If you're an adult doing an audiobook, you're an adult. Like you know how to read. You you know if your reading levels are good enough. So yeah, yep. I think it's something like that. Another argument to that though is, uh, for example, when I grew up, um, I heard so many more stories because my dad and I listened to audiobooks while we were driving. I heard so many more stories, and I never in my lifetime would have read them. So um, I so for example, we used to drive a couple hours on every weekend. And I would never sit in the car and read because I would get car sickness or whatever. I'd get motion sickness. But if I, we would listen to Sherlock Holmes like nonstop and to the point where I knew all the, all the episodes I knew. If I may, I I think you're bringing up the perfect point of whether it makes sense to do the audiobook or whether it makes sense to read a book. If you're in the woods, you know, in nature, you should probably have the book in front of you. If you're driving with your kid and you can't read a book, and maybe it's a smidge above his level, or maybe you know he's not that into reading. If you play the audiobook, you're still having that like quote unquote reading experience. So I would almost put it as to as long as it's convenient for you to do. If it's more convenient to do an audiobook than to read, I would say go for the audiobook. So you're saying it's uh, situational? Yeah. And well, because uh, well, like in again in the woods, you don't want to be playing electronic audio in the middle of the woods. It's just ruining the vibe. Like it's, it's you're ruining, you're ruining the vibe, man. But like in the woods, it, audiobooks don't make sense in the car. 
books don't always make sense depending on if you're driver or just a passenger that can't read because of motion sickness. I think one thing that comes with it is that if you're reading a book, seeing those words, having that those visual cues, I think helps remember and catching more details. The ability to quickly look back at a page and make connections, I think is a, a really strong experience that if you're an audio book, there's a lot of details I feel like that a lot of time will get glanced over. Like I think it's good if you're trying to get a story, but if you're trying to substitute reading or listening to an audiobook, I don't know if you're going to get quite the same effect. Like just from what I can tell. The details you, are you talking about just out of my curiosity? That well, you like in a story. In audiobook. Like in a story. Like if I'm trying to make connections of like – If you're trying wait, to refine a part. this character connected to this character? Oh, wait, because they said this little thing back there. You know, like – yeah, in, in a real book, book, in a real book, you can quick flip back to about where you read something about like, oh, was that referencing this? You could flip back really quick and get to that spot where you can't really do that in audiobook. So I see Brent's point there. You're getting uh, more of a story, like it's like someone's telling you an oral story. And I think that's what you're going to like get. But yeah, go ahead. I I kind of so the way I look at it is I'm more of a audio type person. Uh. So, like, if I can hear something, I understand it better. If I'm, like, physically reading something, I'll total, I'll, I'll be reading something, but I won't be comprehending what I'm reading. So, like, I'll look at something, and, like, I will, I'll get through the You'll page. You'll read and then through I'll the words. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll see the words, but I'm not understanding what I'm seeing. You know what I'm saying? So, like, whereas if someone's telling me a story, it clicks, and I'm able to make those connections without even thinking about it. Whereas if I'm reading it, I might have to read a page a couple of times to even understand what I'm what I'm looking at. So I think for me, audiobooks are more beneficial than reading the book. That makes sense. Yeah, interesting take. Any other thoughts on this? Otherwise, I wanted to circle back to the Game of Thrones stuff real quick. Go for it. So uh, it, it is Game of Thrones time. Uh, when I, uh, I'll I'll state my. Uh, and you guys can share if you have anything similar or, or um, ha- have a comparison you can make. But when I watch Game of Thrones, I, I advertise for my friends to come over if they'd like to. Um, and whether you're a fan of the show or not, you're, you're more than welcome to, of course, come over and watch the show. But I am incredibly strict on my rules. I basically say, here are the rules. If you come over to watch Game of Thrones, you will be quiet. Uh, there is no asking questions of any kind. Uh, you are allowed to react to scenes, you know, gasp like, oh, my goodness, what was that? Or, oh, that's crazy. You know, something like that. But um, so much of Game of Thrones, and it probably won't be this season because it's not George R. R. Martin's like material. Uh, so much in the past, you had to listen so closely that you you could not be answering questions. You cannot be interrupting because there was so much detail and such a, a rich story occurring on, on levels that you can't even perceive. The well, first especially times at like season one, they introduced you to so yeah. many characters so fast. Like, right. you can, you, and I've had to rewatch it or I've enjoyed, you know, I hadn't, didn't have to, I wanted to and did rewatch it you know, a ton of times to get all those details. But as you're watching, um, nothing miffs me more than to have someone who doesn't pay attention, doesn't appreciate it and doesn't care ruining my first viewing of it because they're asking what I perceive to be stupid questions because they just aren't a fan of the show. Don't know. 
uh, what's going on or don't know main character plot lines or something happens and it's a big event. But unless you know about the past, which any avid show watcher or even, you know, moderate show watcher would, of course, know that when Tyrion did this, it was huge. Um, if you don't know that and you're just like, oh, what? What happened? What do you mean? If I, I, I if I, I may, Nick, I, I cannot stand watching TV or, or a show that I'm into with you. So I, I make it clear that I will frankly ask you to leave if you don't abide by those rules. If I may, uh, Nick, I think horrible, you would but... benefit from watching the first showing of Game of Thrones alone. From what I've heard and, and from knowing you, I, I think uh, to get to level of detail, that's not really... It, like if I viewing, may, though, Brent, you don't understand. Party. So being yeah. roommates with Nick for a couple months or almost a little bit over half a year, um, they... Here he had a whole gang. He had this setup. Like they'd all go over to the same guy's house every single time. Tony, I believe. And I'm not Tony. But what? Yeah. <laughs> not Tony? Who's the bigger not guy? Not Tony. What? Other Tony. Oh, I forgot his name. Oh my god, I we'll feel so bad. We'll call him not Tony. We'll just call him not Tony. Don't or Jack. Nick. What was the guy's name? Owner of the house. His name was Paul. Paul. Yeah, that's it. We always smack each other's shin guards <laughs> when we were playing each other in broomball. Anyhow, like we had this whole setup. Everybody in that house knew the rules. And so we'd go over there every single Sunday not night crazy. to watch. And I'm not alone. And there was a good 10, anywhere from 8 to like maybe 15 some nights, depending on if people brought guests in the same room. And they would legit have a second room set up for people that haven't seen the show yet. Be like, if you're going to ask questions, you watch in this room. Like, you're not in the main room. You don't get to ask us. We're into it. You go over here. You go catch up, figure Ooh. your shit out. Like See, that's, I, was a I am not alone. This was this was legitimately. I mean, this show. There's a reason it's that good. It's not just because they've got CGI dragons and all this other nonsense and noise. I mean, there is that much depth to appreciate. And if you are are watching it and you're any kind of an actual a fan, second whole viewing room, second whole second, viewing room. You need a showing that's going to be silent so you can observe all of it. And I'm, I'm the guy who watches the episode. I will rewatch that same episode three different times that week. And I'll watch like three to four different YouTube reviewers who have broken down everything to get like the full in-depth view of everything going on. And I still miss stuff. Like so, I, I cover anything and everything at, at the, you know, the nth level. And there's still more. So the thing is, though, like, yeah, you know, it'd be nice maybe at the end to talk to people about it, but you can. We can after the episode. The thing that, the that episode. you're missing out on and, and the thing that I believe my setup makes it superior is that um, there's a pillow throne. So just like there's the, the Iron Throne for the show, there's in my house or apartment, there's the pillow throne where I set up. Brent, are you trying to segue again? Pillow- no, no, I'm not. I seriously, I set up okay. a bunch of pillows. <laughs> Sound like a Brent Segway was coming on. I take over I, I, the TV in, in the, the bedroom. I, I have that streaming HBO. I get comfortable and nobody's talking over what I'm talking through. It's just me and the show and I can get that really nice open viewing time. I don't know. I that, I feel like that's a good way so, of getting a first view. Let's on. let's refocus on the question. You you like to watch the show on your quote unquote pillow throne alone and in silence. <laughs> yes, uh, which I'm is my... different. I mean, <laughs> on your you own watch in it silence, in silence with friends, which is risky. I don't know. It's not I though. Know. We 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 like clarify the it, rules. It, it's for It's definitely not because of how serious everybody in that room is. Everybody in we that room is on the exact same page. 
questions. It's not like you show up and you're like, what do you mean? No questions. Of course, you know, whatever. Let's I'll get up and get popcorn in the middle. Like whatever. If you haven't read this series of books at least three times, you're in the minority (laughs) in that room. And I'm actually in that minority because I haven't read the books. I'm not a big reader uh, to begin with, but audio books, man. Connections. At any rate, Kyle, how do you, and if it's not Game of Thrones, how do you like to watch a show that you're really into? I definitely enjoy the binging. If a show, in my mind, if a show is a good enough show, I will binge the entire show, all seasons, straight through. That's where, like, when Netflix started, and they just, oh, here's the entire series. Have at it. It was done. Like, you just go straight through Bad it. Bad news bears. Yeah. Especially when it's all there, you can select what you want. You're not just going through the movie store and being like, maybe I like that. You can just try it. If you don't like it, you're done. Switch to the next thing. So, in my mind, if there's a really good TV show that I can watch the entire series at once, or at least the one season or whatever, uh, I much prefer that over a movie because they just have so much more time to develop the plot. And if I don't binge watch the entire thing, it wasn't that good. I would just quit and go to something else. Does that answer your question? No, that's great. Dylan? <laughs> I was just trying to think. Um, so I, I'm kind of the same way. Uh, when I watch a show, I just kind of get super addicted. And I just kind of, and it's not that I mean to binge watch it. It's just, it just kind of happens where I stop sleeping. I'm staying up late and it's just like, oh, I could probably get in one more episode and it's 2 a.m. and I got to be up at 6. It's like, well, uh I could probably get one more in there, you know, but, uh, I reckon at some point I'll recognize that that's kind of unhealthy because I'm so addicted to these shows and then I'll just kind of stop watching it uh, for a while and then I'll move on to another show. So that's part of the reason why I got rid of my Netflix was because I was that that was happening to me. Um, and now I, I basically got HBO strictly for game of Thrones. Um, just because I did the same thing. Um, I watched the whole thing and then I got my girlfriend. I watched it again with my girlfriend and then I actually got her parents addicted and they are just in the past one month. They are finishing. They're in it. uh, They're, they just, they're finishing up season six. And then you're, yep. Yep. In, in one or two months. Yeah. They watched all six. When when I started watching game of Thrones, I was like, cause I had heard a bunch of people talking about it. I'm like, Supposedly it's good. One of some of my favorite YouTubers were like talking about it and giving spoilers for stuff that was like season four, and I wasn't even didn't even see a single episode in my life. So I was like, you know what, screw it. Or I was at Walmart, and season one was on sale. I was like, you know what, screw it. I'll grab season one, see if I like it. The very next day, I bought seasons two and three. By the end of the weekend, I had watched all three of the seasons that were currently available on DVD. <laughs> It was like, yeah, it's that good. It's that good. That's like, and I try, like, normally I try to avoid those, uh, type of shows because I know how addicting, like I definitely did my best to stay away from walking dead because I know how addicted everyone got to that show. Luckily in the walking Uh, dead, once you get to like, what is it? Season end of season two, season three, it just gets boring as hell. Goes to crap really fast. And I haven't, I haven't watched, apparently it's gotten better. I haven't watched it again since then. Yeah. After it, after a certain point, I tuned I tuned out entirely. But um, the one thing I will uh, say a disclaimer: um, as good as Game of Thrones is, and it deserves to be, um, just it's it was sad for me. And I like to go off on these these rants about Hollywood writers because I could not be more disappointed 
um, you know, I, I cannot give the, the author of the books, which is, you know, what was made first enough credit. He hasn't finished the series, but the the level of detail and depth that he goes to, you could read that story and get new details, uh, subplots and theories, and it's all legitimate and it's all been thought through like it is a masterpiece to say the the least and uh it's as soon as they got off of his material though because as far as the timeline if you're not familiar with the show uh they surpassed the books they were beyond where uh martin had uh left his story and he's still writing the show just became horrible my favorite one of my favorite characters uh Tyrion Lannister uh the imp point in the in the books so uh spoiler alert i guess but um he's still alive and he and varus would go back and forth and have like the best dialogue ever and it was you know competitive it was looking at the situation the political um the political situation how everyone plays their role and does this and that and to watch that go from the rich dialogue with everything being spoken about in, in a way that is Crazy. You, you can tell their intelligence because of what they are saying and what they're not saying. You can tell they're both their levels it, right. of intelligence. It's crazy. And I'd throw Littlefinger in that same group. And to to have that style of communication and that much in-depth um, you know, character development and everything. And then when the Hollywood writers took over, they dropped all of it. I don't think Tyrion Lannister has had one you know witty line in, in all of the most recent season. That guy did have a really if dope Super Bowl commercial last year, though. Did, but, but I mean, it was, it was just, he went from like my favorite character with this crazy in-depth, um, you know, understanding of everything and a wit and, and he's playing up mind games and everything he does to just a pawn in this war. And, oh, by the way, because he's not the main focus for the end game at this point, we're just going to leave him here until we need him. He really played a role in at this point was, um, at the end of the season, there's some questions that need to be asked or answered depending on how you look at it but um just it was really disappointing going from to the show and i it's not like a harry potter comparison where oh that didn't happen in the books or oh this didn't happen in the show and it should have it was no just the the quality just tanks so as much as i'm looking forward to the last season so should everybody um my i've had to lower my expectations which makes me sad but I am still looking forward to the story being at us still now. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of loose ends to wrap up. Brent, I know you were trying to button earlier. Do you have something? No, no, but I've come up with another segue. Ooh, let's hear it. What are we segueing from and to? All right. So this is a story I've wanted to tell for, for quite a while. We've been talking about Game of Thrones, and, and I think like Game of Thrones, there's always, you know, the witty banter and the there's always that like CGI, but I think the thing that I always find to be like the most entertaining is like the battle section. And it kind of reminds me of uh, a personal battle that I've had recently uh, where we battled back for victory in curling. That's right. Huge victory, huge come from behind. Uh, Welcome to the curling the, section of, if I may pulled from the grasp of defeat. So basically what happened was, we weren't really aware of that, but um, there was a loser bracket. And when you play in a league and you have as many subs as we had to have and 
don't curl as often as we probably should, you end up losing a lot of games and end up at the end of the year in the loser playoff instead of the winner playoff. And I'm okay with that. Um, at least for now. Well, anyway, you can so tell we Brent is not mode. salty at all. We anyway, we get in this game and we're playing. It's us, the sixth ranked team versus the seventh ranked team to see who has a chance to play for fifth uh, in the league. And it starts off, and and we I set up, and the team sets up a really good end. You know, you everything's working the way the strategy goes, and then just one of those sheer my rock that I threw to. Kira some points ended up picking it hit some pebble or little piece of dust so or it's brent's and, fault yep yeah, well anyway it basically shifted off course uh missed the shot and just threw me off uh the next end we ended up giving up three so uh instead of playing a full eight ends we're only playing half of a game it's half of that in and we're already down four um Play we we kind of rebound, but just not hitting shots the way we're supposed to. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves down with one chance left to score, down five. Now, in curling, you throw eight stones each, uh, which means that at the very best, perfection happens. You're able to get eight points, which is like a hole in one in golf. Just never happens. You'd have to be really really lucky. So I go into the just thinking like we have no shot and we really shouldn't have, but through a whole bunch of sheer luck, like we, we, I switched up the strategy a little bit. We started hitting our shots. Uh, it helped that the other team hit one of our rocks in to into the, the rings. They weren't putting anything in the rings. They weren't hitting our shots out. It's kind of a, like a combination of, of a misplay on their part, a really good play on our part, and just a lot of luck. And we somehow not only scored five, but we got six to win it outright. And I just felt so bad for them. Just, just to like give up six point. Oh, what? <laughs> I don't know where the what came from. Why is it going? I'm not clicking wow. anything. Just to to be able to score seventy five percent of the rot, like possible points, but to get that all in one, oh, I felt so bad for that team. Just simply, you're happy if you just really get the one really point, right? If you can get two points, that's a good end. And I I was thinking like you know let's just make it respectable. Let's go for two. Let's go for three. We'll end our season on a. At least we we got back a little bit what we got, but all of a sudden we just we pulled it through, and then we ended up going right after that into the fifth place game, and momentum carried us to a a pretty solid victory and fifth place in our league. That's all I can say. But it was I just I have never been a part of a comeback that crazy of being down five, one chance to do it, and everything going their way um so have you guys you, had any chance have you guys ever been a part of something like that where you just like <laughs> snatch victory from the jaws of defeat i like how brent tells a story like i just did something so good have you guys ever been that good <laughs> <laughs> have you uh, i just wanted to 
shout i just want to shout out a, a quick little fact that really means nothing but i thought it was kind of interesting uh i was looking up the cost of curling stones and a According to Curling Stone, uh, new stones cost about $450, although they can run up to $600. For one stone uh, or a whole set? Um, a new, one new stone. That's, yeah, per stone. So the, the only place they make these stones from are with granite, like very specific granite from Scotland. So it's, um, uh, Ailsa Craig, whatever that means. I think that's a type of granite. It's one, a blue yeah, own granite if I may, from Ailsa Craig. One quick fun fact about curling is if you take a cup on your table and spin it while you push it, you'll notice it curls to the left, I believe. Let me let me spin something yeah. on my table. Yep. So if you spin it clockwise, it goes off to the left. However, for curling, when you put a spin on it. It actually goes the opposite direction as what everything like a quote unquote standard object does on a surface. So if you spin the curling stone to clockwise, it'll actually go to the right. And there's two prevailing theories as to why this is. And neither of them are actually able to be proven. One has to do with like melting the water, the ice slightly more on one side because there's more friction and that's pulling it that way. And then the other one's basically saying that similar effect, but it like has a pushing effect and neither one of the theories are proven as to why. Like, so the scientific community communities does not agree on why a curling stone kind of curls the opposite direction, uh, like quote unquote standard object would. If we figure this out, would that get me to be better at curling? I don't know if it'd make you better Maybe. at curling, but it would <laughs> make you very well known in the scientific field very rapidly. At least by Sounds to me like more people. of a physics question. It, I guess it's one of those combination things that a physician, a mathematician, or engineer, and like anybody could really figure out. It's just a matter of being able to prove it. Well, Brent, which uh, position do you like best in curling? Uh, it's tough to say. I like to skip uh, the strategic part of it. I like that a lot. I like thinking about every shot and calling things. He likes telling um, people what to do. I also like the, you know, the sweet, boss. But the first when you first got on the ice, it's always so cold. If you're not sweeping and warming yourself up, I mean, I just will stand back there and just shiver. Wait, the first so, like two ends because it's cold. Are you the guy that's like go go? Is that you that yells that out? Yes. That, yes. I want your <laughs> position as well. Sweep, sweep, sweep hold, hold, sweep. I, I want, and yeah, if the sweepers job listen, you get the. They always blame you for not telling them the right thing even though they just don't listen so that's definitely sweeping is actually really i like sweeping though i think it's a lot of fun to really try and influence a shot but by the end of a a full game it gets really tiring though because you're pushing down with like pretty much all your weight trying to manipulate these rocks and and you're right how how do we do in curling this last wasn't there like a national or a championship thing i'm pretty sure they made the playoffs i haven't actually followed there was just the world cup uh, Sweden won. You call over yourself Canada. a curling fan? Yeah, I I've been following track and field more recently since I've been coaching that. So I I've been I I know that they made it into the next round, but I, I they weren't looking too good. There's a lot of rumor that there's been a little bit of internal conflict within the team. Ooh. Um, full of big personalities. Mario and the gang aren't getting along. 
Well, supposedly Mario talks too much and that uh, bums out the rest of the gang. Get, they get annoyed by it. So, Brent, when you're watching uh, track and field, are you the type of person that watches all the events or is there specific events that you prefer? I prefer the distance. So if I were to watch alone, I'd I'd look for the distance and I would casually if there was I if I knew so there the was most a boring one. Athlete, I was gonna say the that. Best one. No. <laughs> not at all. The best race. There was just high jump, race. nah. Long jump. There nah. was just a big event on Saturday. Long Arcadia. distance running. Yep, that's the one. There is a guy there are two guys that ran about eight forty in a two mile, which is same as running two four twenty miles. Which running a 420 mile is incredibly difficult to begin with and will get you to state. But to run it twice in a row? Oh my gosh. That that excites me. I don't know. For some reason, the the distance events more so than a lot of the other ones. Like, yes, you're going really fast, but you can really feel like if someone's running a, a great mile, it's really a well-disciplined, lot of heart needs to happen because it's... You run for a mile, you run for two miles, and you get really tired. Like, it sucks. So to see someone be able to push past those boundaries and just keep keep moving. Uh, well, has that one, well, I think it's a UK, that guy from the UK, has he been able to break two minutes yet for the mile? Or no, no, no or two hours for the marathon, two-hour marathon. No, they haven't attempted that. That would probably take another year. Well, they attempted it with Tesla. Like they partnered with Tesla to try to attempt it and had like a pace car and everything, and they got super close. But I don't think they—I don't know if they've done anything more since then. Nah, it's been too soon. I don't—I don't know if they'll ever break two. I'm sure they will. They have. Well, like some scientists. For the wrong reason. What? I think I think I watched track and field for the wrong reasons. Like you guys talk about how like you want to see these guys like uh, achieve these like great achievements. Whereas I'm just like, I just really hope someone's pole vaulting and their pole snaps or something crazy happens. Like, <laughs> no, no, another pole like, snap. Dude, or so like some dude throws a javelin and accidentally spears someone or like, uh, when my, the people well, with, if I, with the shot put, like slings it like on the, the wrong rope, way, like, slings it the wrong <laughs> way. Like that's the kind of stuff I live for. But you just so need to go on YouTube, man. <laughs> What, the when? 300 hurdles. I, I want to the meet. I was watching um, Saturday night. This 300 hurdles. These three, like it's crazy thing. People are hitting hurdles. You can tell that they're really giving it their all. Three people collapse over the last hurdle and literally like crawl themselves, across, like try and crawl, <laughs> stretch themselves yes. over the finish line. That you would have liked that, Dylan. You would enjoy that. That's yeah, that would have made me happy. That was that's. I just what, saw a guy like full on stretch and pull. Oh, it was so. Fun. When my brother Cody started pole vaulting in high school, I sent him a video clip of this guy that like pole vaults over the bar, and the the end of his pole catches him right where you don't want to be caught for a guy. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. It's like oh, like I was like, good luck pole vaulting. I send him that. He's like, oh, thanks, I, man. Uh... I feel like you'd like ride that down and miss the pad <laughs> oh, too. It, like it's in slow mo. They have the perfect angle. <laughs> Oh no! By nice. the way, uh, congratulations to the national champions, uh, NCAA men's basketball, Virginia. Uh, uh, they won back on uh, back on West Virginia. Monday. Mountain. What Mountain. a redemption Virginia. story! Going from losing to a 16 seed to winning the national championship, they got the I last was, laugh. Uh, full disclaimer: that was one of my narratives that I, I built into my bracket. I did pick Virginia. 
in uh, one of them. Now I, I make a couple, so it's not my only one. I not that I nailed it, but um, I did pick Virginia in in one of the the three or four that I put together, and it was with that uh, narrative in mind. It was the revenge tour for Virginia, the first one seed ever to lose in the first round to a sixteen seed, comes back and uh, gets revenge, Win. wins the isn't whole there thing. Like, isn't Tony Bennett the coach? I think they're like, the and that was curling talk, by the way. The Virginia coach has a connection to Wisconsin, so I, I always have a soft spot for those guys. And they play Wisconsin style basketball. I mean, it's it's uh, slow, methodical, good defense, and uh, a lot of technique as opposed to just going out there and running and gunning. And Texas Tech is actually it was two defensive juggernauts. I think this is probably one of the lower scoring national championships um, out there. Um, I don't actually remember what the final score was. It did go to, to 32. It, no, it did go to overtime. I think it was no, it was 77 to 85. So no, that's, oh, that's, that's not pretty high scoring. That's, that's pretty high, that's but pretty it, it took them overtime to get that high. I think they were in the sixties or low seventies. So uh, more scoring than, than was anticipated, but still a defensive battle, very good defending teams, which is how they got in that position. But congratulations to Virginia and anyone whose bracket had them going all the way. And speaking of overtime, nope, I, I think we're that, overtime. Yeah, perfect. Brent, you're so good at this game. <laughs> I am so good at this. Well, anyway, um, I want to wish Kyle, it will be belated by the time you hear this, but for us, it's tomorrow. So a few hours even. Happy birthday to our good buddy, Kyle. Um, hey. That's episode 43 of If I May. I hope you all enjoyed. Uh, new episode every Thursday. Support us. Uh, just give us a listen, give us a, a review, share this with somebody. That That's really the best way you can support. And in return, if you use free ships on our merchandise store, you can get free shipping. What a deal. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us to give us ideas for topics, about things you want to hear in future episodes, send us a DM on Twitter at Zarbust or email us at Zarbust at gmail.com. Uh, We hope you have another great Thursday and we will all see you next week.